Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is once again time for the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast this week. Uh, we got an exciting show for you guys. We're wrapping up Conference Championship Week in the college football world, getting ready for the bowl games coming up. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit of NFL and NHL as well. Uh, we're going to start with the NHL, just give you some quick headline updates. Uh, never mind, no, we're not. <laughs> um, we're going to start with the NFL, actually, uh, and get into that. Talk about the playoff race. Uh, and that heating up as well as some debate over who we think the first overall draft pick uh, is going to go to. Or, well, we pretty much know who it's going to, but um, who the number one draft pick is going to be. So let's go ahead and take a look at the NFL playoff races as they sit so far. Uh, so in the NFC, Philly dominating the way. They have a two-game advantage over Minnesota with a tiebreaker as well. Um San Francisco sitting at third. They just lose Jimmy G this week. We'll talk about that here in a second. Tampa Bay in fourth, leading their division as well. Uh, Dallas in fifth, Giants in sixth, uh, Seattle seventh, and Washington eighth. Uh, Detroit, uh, two games out. Um, Nick, did they play head-to-head with Washington? I feel like they did this year. Uh, yeah, week two. So you, you have a tiebreaker over them as well, if need be. No, they won. Oh, okay. I thought they beat it. Yeah. I was trying to give Washington credit. All right. So only seven go. I know this says eight, but only seven go just so we're technically out. Just yeah. Um no, the top eight go. Are you sure? I mean, why else would they have it? How would the top eight go if one if number one gets a buy? Nick, I don't know. They have it numbered one through eight. I just figured they're dumb. Okay. Well, this is ESPN, so blame them. Yeah. Uh, Shows off their great start, though. Atlanta sitting at 5-8, and eight, as well as Green Bay, who picked up uh, just a, a franchise-altering victory over the Chicago Bears, according to Aaron Rodgers this weekend. Um, over on the AFC side, we did have a shakeup this week with Buffalo uh, winning, Kansas City losing, and so did the Jets and uh, the Dolphins. So Buffalo is now sole owner of first place. Uh, Kansas City sits at second, Baltimore third, Tennessee fourth, Cincinnati fifth. Miami 6th, Jets 7th, New England 8th. The Chargers tied with New England on record, uh, and the Raiders are one game back as well as Cleveland. So let's go ahead and look at this and break this down real quick. Uh, So as we said, over on the AFC side, Buffalo picks up a huge win this week. Uh, A much-needed win in my eyes. I know they've been on a little bit of a win streak here, but still they've struggled against opponents in their own division. Uh, So this is absolutely a must-win game for them. Nick, your, your thoughts on this? Yeah, as far as the AFC side goes, uh, that tiebreaker against Kansas City could end up being huge uh, come the end of the season. Uh, you know, they're obviously probably the two teams that are going to be in the battle for the first place spot uh, for the rest of the season. And with Buffalo beating them, um, they're sitting in a good spot, but they got to continue to win games. Kansas City isn't going to lose a whole lot. Uh, Josh Allen, I, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast or not, but we, we all know what kind of arm talent and leg talent Josh Allen has. Um, but we've seen, at least I've seen this year, He's kind of getting away from his mechanics. Um, he needs to make sure he's setting his feet, using good footwork. Uh, you know, that's kind of the reason that he's struggled at parts this season. Um, the rest of the AFC, really, in my opinion, um, you know, we just seen Cincinnati beat uh, Kansas City. Um, pretty much the same story that we had with the Bengals last year. They kind of started out slow, and now, even with some injuries going on, uh, they look like one of the best teams in the AFC. Uh, so look for them to climb up a little higher. Tennessee is absolutely amazing. Me sitting at seven and five, the fact that they're up here, um, they. Their defense keeps them in games, and the offense does enough to, you know, to win. So, uh, by all means, I, I don't necessarily hate being wrong. Uh, it bugs me a little bit, but I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, and the Jets still, I mean, they got to figure out their quarterback situation. 
but their defense is playing lights out. Uh, so if they can get that offense figured out, get the quarterback figured out, I, I feel good about them. Um, over in the NFC side, like you said, it, there's been a lot of talk recently about Dallas being better than Philly. Um, a friend of mine actually showed me or sent me something the other day that Dallas has a 50% chance of making the Super Bowl according to some stupid formula. Um, and Philly only has a 30% chance. I do not think Dallas is better than Philly. Um, Philly has had some injuries on the defensive side, slowing the, or holding the defense back a little bit, um, but they look to get a lot of those back here coming up. And Dallas, to me, is just so inconsistent. We look at games where the defense, like last game, it took them four quarters to figure out how to beat the Colts, uh, which is not a huge accomplishment. Yeah, they scored 33 in the fourth quarter, but two of those touchdowns came from their defense. Um, if their defense plays like that every game, yeah, I, I think they're one of the better teams in the NFC, uh, but we just don't see that out of them. And the offense, especially Dak Prescott, just inconsistent. Um, but the NFC race is definitely heating up. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo going out is huge for San Francisco. Uh, but I, I personally love to see Mr. Irrelevant come in. And I, he looked pretty good for the very last pick in the draft. I thought he looked, you know, very good. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Baker Mayfield went to the Rams. That doesn't change a thing for me, honestly. Uh, yeah. So that. Yeah. It's it's a weird year. I say it every yeah. week, but it's a weird year. Yeah. I was a little surprised that the 49ers didn't try to go after Garoppolo before, or excuse me, uh, try to get their Mayfield before the Rams did just because, you know, granted, yeah, Brock Purdy came in and he did really well. And that's somebody that, you know, you could take into this week and see how he performs, you know, getting his first full start. Uh, I, I mean, I understand he played three quarters of that game. Uh, but still, um, you know, you, you understand where you're getting – with Baker Mayfield, that's going to be a very good backup option to have. You know, I don't know who's behind Purdy right now. I don't know if that's somebody I'd want to trust. Um, I don't know if they have somebody behind Purdy yeah. right now. <laughs> um, but just real quick, back to the Bills, uh, just looking at their schedule ahead. Uh, they have the Jets this week at home and then the Dolphins the following week at home. Uh, and then they travel to Chicago on Christmas Eve um, and then on the road to Cincinnati for Monday Night Football. And then their last game is at home against New England. So you're looking at their schedule they definitely get two wins with New England and Chicago, uh, especially with having New England at home. Chicago, obviously, we know is tanking. Um, I think having the Jets and the, the Dolphins at home definitely swing those games in their favors. We'll have to see how it works out. Um, but I, I think, like I said, getting those two at home definitely helped. It was a close game against both of those teams on the road. Um, the Jets is the only one I, I would say I'm worried about just because when you're playing this late in the season in Buffalo, it's an advantage having that home field uh, in the elements and so on. So I think they get a, a step over Miami there. Uh, but the Jets, it's New York City. It's not really that different. It's not that far away. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see and see how Mike White continues to perform. Uh, Slade, your thoughts on the standings and just the playoff races as, as a whole right now? Yeah, so in between my lagging here, I guess my two big points are the 49ers at quarterback situation and then also Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson's hurt right now. They don't know if he's going to be able to play this week. Supposedly, the injury he has usually takes close to three weeks for someone to be back to to gameplay ready. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see if if they fall to the Steelers this week. If that just kind of steamrolls them for the, the two weeks later till they can get Jackson back. If if he has to sit out for the three weeks, they haven't really come out and said that. He's going to sit out for three weeks or anything. They just have said that he's not practicing this week so far. Um, and then with the 49ers, the same thing, but kind of opposite. I don't think that the quarterback really runs that team at all. I think that they could put 
Mr. Irrelevant in there and still make the playoffs and run deep. I don't think that um, that's going to really phase their team at all. I don't think that the quarterback was really the narrative for the 49ers. Um, and then just to add to Nick's topic, um, I think that the Eagles just in the playoff race in general have, have shown that they're the better team. Um, I, I think it's hard to figure out any formula unless you're drunk that puts the Dallas Cowboys at a better odds to, to make the yeah. Super Bowl than the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that one team is better than the other when the other team has already beaten them. Uh, yeah, they've had some impressive wins since then, but still, until you beat them head-to-head. Now, granted, next time they play, it'll be at Dallas. We'll see how that goes, but uh, I, I don't think Dallas is anywhere near the team Philly is, and they proved that last time they played. Um, we get to the Ravens quarterback situation. If uh, It's pretty certain Lamar can't go this weekend. He's listed as questionable, but I doubt they play him. Um so that leaves Tyler Huntley as your backup QB, or Brett Huntley. Uh, that's not going to get confusing for the announcers at all. <laughs> and you have Anthony Brown also, who graduated from Oregon last year. Uh, he looked really, All three of those QBs looked really good in the preseason. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by how well Anthony Brown looked, especially after how terrible he looked under Mario Cristobal. But as we've seen, that's a, that's a coach problem. Um, so I'll be interested to see how, how that situation plays out and what we get from there. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, judging by what we've seen out of Huntley last season when Lamar went down for those couple games, I, if he can play like that, I don't think Baltimore takes too far of a step back. They might even take a slight step forward. Um, I think that Huntley kind of brought an energy to that offense whenever he came in last year that I, I don't want to say Lamar, you know, doesn't bring any energy, but it just seemed like sort of like Washington and Wentz versus Heineke. Heineke gave that team that energy. Everybody kind of rallied around him, and I feel like Huntley does that. Um, to the team, to the offense around him. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, now we're going to shift gears and still stay in the NFL, but we're going to go ahead and talk about the number one overall pick this year. Um, now it's not locked up or anything yet, but most likely it looks like he's going to Houston sitting at one ten and one uh, Chicago is the next closest team at three and 10. Uh, also Denver is right there at three, nine or three and nine, excuse me. Um, both Houston and Chicago are officially limited from the playoffs. So, uh, I'll take it. I, I don't need another double doink heartbreak or anything like that, or uh, Mims dropping three touchdown passes in the end zone against the Saints. Um, can't lose the playoffs if you don't make the playoffs. Exactly. Uh, but, I mean, hey, give us give us a number two pick. I'll take it. Um, but there's yeah, but a lot of – that nice linebacker you just got rid of. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk about who was going to go first overall. I, I don't feel like the quarterback class is overly stacked this year. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before we hopped on uh, here. Um, so Slade, I'll start with you. Who do you think is the number one overall pick? First of all, do you think Houston needs a QB? Um, and, and who do you think would be the number one overall pick this year? I think that Houston needs a QB, but I think that there's so much that's going to get to surround and offense with the whole Brady, John Watson, whatever, like that whole big talk that has just kind of gotten swept under the rug. I think there's going to end up being penalties that go to both teams. And, and so I think that Houston, it doesn't matter if they get a quarterback this year or not, I think that they're going to have problems with the team overall. Um, but I do think that I heard Nick Saban say that Bryce Young's the best quarterback he's coached ever at Alabama. And to think that he thinks better than Tua and Jalen Hurts at this time, I think that uh, that just kind of shows that he, he should probably go first in the, the lackluster QB uh, list that we have this year. Yeah, uh, Nick, your Plus thoughts? Hooker got hurt, so I, yeah. I don't know how he's going to play afterwards. 
Uh, so the reason that I, I wanted to ask you guys this, the reason I wanted it to be brought up, because I, I just randomly got to thinking about it earlier. And, you know, I, my first thought was, well, they've been pretty, ha- or not necessarily they've been happy because they benched him. But I, in my opinion, I thought Mills has played pretty decently with what lack of talent that he has around him. Now, like I said, they did bench him a couple weeks ago. So obviously they're not 100%, you know, secure on having him. Uh, but at the same time, like when you don't have talent around there, like do you sit there and you take another chance on a QB, um, especially this year? Like this year was hyped up as arguably or what should have been arguably one of the best quarterback classes um, that we've seen in recent years. And, you know, as a, the group of three that we have here that watch a lot of college football, I, I didn't see Bryce Young and uh, CJ Stroud to me. Yes, they're, you know, great college quarterbacks, but we have seen, you know, times when they've struggled in games that they really shouldn't have been struggling in. Um, so if I'm, you know, anybody in the NFL with any kind of say, like I'm a little hesitant, uh, especially, you know, when you're someone like the Texans who had a decent QB, but you got rid of him, you know, because he loves massages and whatnot. Um, I'm sure they're probably very hesitant. But if, if I'm the Texans, I'm taking whoever I feel best fits my team, fits my culture, and gives us the best chance to add to the roster. Um, Because, again, I'm not sold on any of those quarterbacks that we have sitting there, not saying that they're not going to be good in the NFL. Um, But with that being said, I do think with everything that's going on, they do end up taking one of these, in my opinion, overhyped quarterbacks. Uh, I think it'll probably be Bryce Young, um, especially when Nick Saban, you know, he's kind of got like the the power of God. If Nick Saban says it's the best quarterback that he's ever coached and you've seen Tua and, you know, uh, Mac Jones was obviously better in college than he's been in the NFL. Um, or Jalen Hurts, and, you know, you're like, oh, wow, like, we got to take this guy. He's the best Nick Saban's ever seen. In all fairness, all Nick Saban's quarterbacks are used to throwing to five-star wide receivers with a great offensive line. I could probably look pretty good in a Nick Saban system. We've talked about it before. Uh, maybe not CJ Str- or Bryce Young level, or stats, but it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that just with the whole narrative that's going on, they're not 100% secure on males. I think they do end up taking Bryce Young, which I, I think is a bit of a disappointment, but I'm sure, you know, that their fans are going to be going crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I could definitely see them taking Young, but I think there's another path that they could take as well, uh, which is where they, they sign somebody like Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, an established starter that has played in the league before, not super old or anything like that. You still have a chance to build around him, uh, but somebody that who knows how to come in and, and command the game. Uh, Jimmy G will also most likely be a free agent after this year. I don't think that the 49ers are going to re-sign him, and he might not just not even want to re-sign with the 49ers as well. Um, but I think there's going to be a list of quarterbacks like that who are proven starters, know that they can go out there and win. Um, and they could end up reaching for somebody like, uh, you know, Jordan Addison out of USC, Quentin Gen- Johnson, excuse me, uh, out of um, TCU, a, a big-name wide receiver because, they, like you said, they, they have no weapons on that offense. So they might end up reaching – or they might be willing to trade that first round draft pick for somebody else's starting QB, trade back in the draft a little bit, and then you know take them at a more favorable favorable position. Um, that that's definitely a route we could uh, see them going. But yeah, I, I think the easiest route is just hey, let's take Bryce Young. Um, I mean, like you said, Nick Saban saying this is the best QB he's seen it doesn't really say a lot because we haven't seen a lot of very good pro quarterbacks come out of Alabama. Uh, the best one is Jalen Hurts, and I wouldn't even contribute his success to Alabama. I think that's more so Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma and the development they poured into him. Um, 
Tua, yeah, he's he turned around here this year, but still we've seen him struggle a lot as well. Um, I, I'll never forget on Sunday, uh, my buddy Emmanuel Acho is out there talking shit after he threw a touch, 75-yard touchdown pass, first play of the game, uh, and then he proceeded to throw two interceptions and just fall apart the rest of the game. Um, so, uh, But, yeah, I, I think the quarterback class as a whole is, is terrible. Right now, Will Levis, Will Levis is graded as a number three overall pick. Uh, that is a terrible uh, accusation there. Uh, then we also saw uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba declare for the draft this year as well. Um, he's being valued at a top 10 pick as well. I don't see that. Uh, I understand he, he showed out, you know, at times last year, especially in that Rose Bowl, but he played, I think, 10 snaps this year, uh, got hurt in the Notre Dame game, and then did not come back at all. I don't see how you could watch that. And, and I understand once they got to a certain point in the season, he's probably like, I'm just going to sit out and rest for the draft. Um, but I, I don't understand how you could see that and go, yeah, that's a top 10 pick. I'm going to waste my money on that. Yeah. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we'll see how everything shakes out. Um, now we have everything ready. We're going to talk to NHL real quick. Uh, not a lot of shakeups in the standing so far. Boston and the, the Devils still look very, very good. Uh, the one thing I did want to talk about <clears throat> is Matt Murray and how well he is playing at Toronto. Uh, he won back-to-back cups with uh, the Penguins back in 16 and 17 as the primary starter in the playoffs uh, once uh, Marc-Andre Fleury got hurt. And so after that, he kind of fell off, wasn't getting the wins like he was before. Uh, He gets traded to Ottawa last year. Hardly plays, gets hurt, you know, is out most of the season. And when he did play, he did not look very good. Uh, Gets traded just to get rid of some cap space to to Toronto. Everybody thinks his career is over. He's going to go there and be the backup to Samsonov. Uh, he has looked absolutely outstanding to start the year here. <clears throat> I just want to look at the stats. He's 6-1-2 and two to start. Uh, he has a 2.34 goal allowed average, which is sixth in the league, uh, a .932 save percentage, which is second. That jumped up. He wasn't even in the top five last week when we looked at core of the season uh, leaders. Now he's second, and he also has a shutout to his name. Uh, so I just want to point a spotlight on him real quick. Again, I, I am very happy to see him playing so well. Uh, again, a lot of this is somebody who a lot of people wrote off uh, once he got shipped out of Pittsburgh, everybody thought he was he was done. Uh, again, he did not play hardly at all last year for Ottawa. When he did, did not look good. Uh, so I just want to give him a quick shout out. Um, and then just want to talk about – it was last night when I watched it, so uh, this is about Thursday morning. So the Tuesday night game, uh, it's been a while since I've seen something like this, but I was texting you guys about it. Pittsburgh's playing Columbus. It's late in the game. Pittsburgh is up 3-1. Um it was a four-on-four situation. It, uh, Pittsburgh just took a penalty to make it four-on-four. Uh, they were going to have a power play. And I have never seen a, an announcer for an opposing team screaming at the coach of an opposing team as, as vividly as, as our announcer was last night at the Columbus Blue Jackets head coach for not pulling his goalie and sending out an extra attacker for the four-on-four faceoff in the opposite zone. He's like, listen, you get possession, you have a five-on-four power play still. Um, waited until the puck was dropped. The goalie starts skating off the ice. Columbus immediately turns it over and Pittsburgh skates down. The goalie's halfway to the bench, turns around, tries to dive to stop the puck, throws his stick across the ice. Uh, it, it was just a wild sequence. And just listening to our announcer just curse the, the coach out for about the solid five minutes, uh, made my night. Uh, so I just wanted to point that out real quick. Um, let's go ahead. We're going to talk college football now. We're going to wrap up conference championship week and look at that. So we'll pull it up here. As we look at the results from Conference Championship Week, uh, we already talked about these on Saturday, so just want to throw the scores up here over 
real quick. UTSA is your back-to-back Conference USA champions, uh, 48-27 win over North Texas. Uh, the big news coming out of UTSA this past week uh, is they or their offensive coordinator has left. He is now the OC at Oregon. Uh, so I'm kind of happy about that. We'll see how that, that shakes out, but I'm excited to see where that goes for us. Of course, uh, Kenny Willingham left to be the head coach at Arizona State, his alma mater. Uh, I wish him all the best of luck as an Oregon fan. And speaking of the Pac-12, Utah just steamrolled USC in the second half. Uh, again, USC was up 17-3, to uh, and they got outscored a lot to three uh, in, in this, the closing minutes of the first half and then throughout the second half as well. Uh, Slade, you weren't with us on Saturday. I just want to get your thoughts on, on the USC game before we move on. Maybe. I mean, I, I think that it, it just shows that USC was not – what? No, you're good. You're good. I don't know. I thought Nick was saying something. Um. Anyway, I, I thought that USC was going to be able to score, but they, they showed that they just cannot – Keep up the score against Utah in the second half. It seems I think it, a stat came out that uh, in the last like seventy games that they've been up by fourteen points, they've only lost five of those games, and four of them are to Utah. So they just have a bad record against Utah when they're up. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, it was just even more aggravating to watch because we had beat Utah already earlier in the season, and if we could have just held it together against Oregon State. You know, we're looking at being the Pac-12 champions, playing Penn State in the Rose Bowl. But here we are. we got to miss that out for another year. Uh, moving on, looking at the next set of conference championship games. Uh, no surprise here, really. I, I did say I thought Purdue was going to keep it close. They kept it a lot closer than I think people gave them credit for or, or thought they were going to. It was late into you know the middle of the fourth quarter when Michigan finally started to put them away, get a couple turnovers, and, and stretch that lead towards the end. So Michigan is your back-to-back Big Ten champions. Uh, they will be heading to the college football playoffs. We'll look at that here in a second. Uh, Georgia steamrolls LSU. It was it was ugly quick. Uh, they got an interception off a helmet. They had a kick return for a touchdown, or it was a punt return. Um, but they, they got up early on LSU, and then they, they kind of, I would say, let off the throttle a little bit in the second half. Jalen Daniels left the game. Their backup QB came in, and then they started scoring points. Um, and so that was kind of surprising to see again. I don't know if it was Georgia kind of relaxing a little bit or if, you know, they – this backup QB is the next coming of God because uh, he was lighting up that Georgia defense for a couple possessions there. Um, the Mountain West Championship game, Boise State, yeah, it was tight game back and forth, and then all of a sudden Fresno State got a punt return touchdown. They got an interception and a fumble, and then Boise State just could not m- mount any sort of momentum to, to try and make a comeback. Uh, and the last one on this page in the American Championship game, Tulane got up early. They stretched their lead a little bit. UF, UCF tried to fight back. I almost pulled in Nick and said USF. Uh, UCF tried to fight back a little bit. It was a one-possession game there, and then it, w- it was a-, a costly fumble late to, to end the game, essentially, for them. Uh, Nick, I'll go to you first. Your, your thoughts on, on these four games. Yeah, so the, the top two, uh, like we said, or like you said, weren't really a surprise. Um, I think Purdue did a very good job, uh, like you said, better than what a lot of people gave them credit for. I, I Michigan was probably a little scared, especially at halftime. Um, Georgia is Georgia; they're going to do Georgia things, um, which includes embarrassing LSU in the champion or in the SEC championship game. Uh, Mountain West game that was a great game. I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but it seemed like every time I tuned in, um, there was you know just drama or you know just built up like. You knew something was going to happen. Um, it was a great game. And 
Tulane, uh, I thought this game was going to be a lot closer than what it was. I thought UCF was going to put up a fight. Um, but like you said, Tulane kind of jumped out and didn't really look back too much after that. Uh, Slade, your thoughts? Oh, that part didn't come through. I heard all of Nick and everything, and then Nick said, <laughs> I think that it slows down every time. Um, I don't think that any of these games were really close, aside from the Fresno-Boise game early. Um, other than that, that's that my only really thoughts on these games. I didn't think that anything really surprised me, except for I picked UCF uh, against Tulane, and they just completely did not show up. Yeah, uh, we're going to move on to the next set here of games. Uh, you, or Clemson absolutely destroys UNC in Charlotte for the ACC championship game. UNC kept it within a score early. They had a costly fumble. That, like Clemson drove up two scores, and then they just could not do anything in the second half. They threw a pick six, uh, and, and Clemson just completely dominated that game. The big story there was DJ got benched in the middle of the first quarter. Uh, Cade Klubnik comes in, plays really well, and now DJ Uyunglele is in the transfer portal. Uh He's going to go to a group of five school. If any power five school takes them, I mean, enjoy losing all your games next year. Um, the, the last thing we didn't talk about with the, that first set of uh, championship games also is Jeff Brom will be leaving Purdue to head to Louisville to be their new head coach. Uh, a little bit surprising for me to see, but I, I did not also realize he was from, originally from Louisville, kind of grew up in uh, that area, uh, and had actually been a grad assistant there before. Uh, so good for him. We wish him all the luck. Uh, looking at the MAC championship, uh, this w- it almost looked like a game nobody wanted to win. Uh, it was it was seven seven for the longest time, and it was ten seven. Uh, and then Toledo gets a late score to go up seventeen to seven to win back or their first MAC title uh, in a couple years. And then we'll talk about the other one here first. Troy just steamrolled Coastal Carolina. Uh, at no point was this game even remotely close. Uh, and then in the Big Twelve championship game, I thought it was over middle of the fourth quarter when Kansas State went up two scores. Uh, Max Duggan is able to lead the comeback, get it tied, send it to overtime. And then we had some of the worst play calling I have seen. I, I mean, I tweeted it out. I thought, I, I guess they got their playbook from Texas A&M uh, from the Alabama game on goal line calls. Uh, they had three plays from the one yard line and cannot punch it in. I honestly thought with how long they reviewed uh, Duggan's stretch for the end zone that they were going to give it to him. They came back and said, nope, not, not a touchdown. They put it. First of all, Kirk Herbshire was arguing about the four-inch line. Uh, and I mean, I agree the ball should have been placed a little bit closer, but, you know, it, it didn't happen. And then back-to-back plays, they just tried to run a, a hat-back dive, and the hat-back looked like he was trying to crawl into the end zone at the speed he was going. Kansas State gets the ball back, and they kick the game-winning field goal. Uh, so they win their first Big 12 championship since 2013 when they shared a, a title. Uh, so, Nick, again, just your thoughts on these uh, games. Yeah, well, the biggest surprise on this for me was the Clemson-UNC game. Um, I, I I don't even know what to say about it. Uh, we, we've seen UNC, especially uh, May, struggle the last three, four games, um, and he really struggled in this game. Looked okay early on, but just really couldn't get anything going, um, you know, second half, late second quarter. Um, it was kind of the Clemson – it almost felt like the Clemson team that everybody thought they were watching all year, minus basically us three. Um, so definitely something for them to build on. They know that they could have a starting quarterback next year um, that is going to produce better than DJ did this year. Um, the KSU-TCU game uh, might be the best postseason game that we see. Um, that was absolutely in, insane. I, I watched the whole thing. Uh, Max Duggan is maybe my favorite player in college football right now. 
Um, the big the big thing for me was after you know that reviewed uh, goal line play where you know I, I personally think like you said it should have been placed a little closer, but whatever. Um, but you have a QB that has absolutely willed your team to victory numerous times throughout the season, including the last two drives. Um, you know to even have a chance at winning this game. And after he fails, at least in the eyes of the refs, to cross the goal line, you don't put the ball in his hands again. And uh, for any coach out there, I, I have no coaching experience, so by all means, don't listen to me if you don't want to. But if you have a quarterback that's absolutely willing your team to victory, or at least attempting to, put the ball in his hands. I don't yeah. care if you call a pass play or a QB run, put the ball in his hands, let him make a play. He he reminded me of you know watching Trace McSorley at Penn State he knew he had to win and he was just doing whatever it was that he had to do to do it. Um, and I, I love a quarterback like that. Uh, Max Duggan will be on my radar for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it, the Toledo Ohio game was boring. Uh, it, not much to say about that. I mean, before I throw the slate, you were allowed to push with your running back. We, we have heard it so many times since the Bush push made it infamous and it wasn't legal then, but now it is. And like you said, put the ball in. If you can't gain one yard with your, your quarterback, and on two plays, then yeah, maybe he's not the guy that we all think he is. <laughs> yeah. But when you are allowed to just line line up, put another offensive lineman in the game, put him right behind your quarterback, and just run the pile into the end zone. Yeah. I don't understand what what's so difficult about that. Uh, but Slay, your your thoughts on all the games? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't really care about the MAC or the Sun Belt to be honest. I just like the, the ACC and the Big Twelve game. Uh, the ACC game, I thought was crazy. I definitely thought it was going to be closer. You both picked UNC. Uh, I think two weeks ago, George, you had said that Drake May should possibly be getting his name in the uh, Heisman conversation. But uh, somehow yeah, he really he took that personally when I said that. Could not yeah, he did. <laughs> his receivers. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I was watching the beginning of the game, and he was just missing receivers by like five, six yards just the entire first half. Um and then with the Kansas State game, uh, yeah, I really don't understand why the ball was spotted a good 12 inches away from the goal line when he clearly was like an inch or two away from it. But um, it just, just showed that if you play too many close games in a season, and that was like their mm -hmm. fifth or sixth two, three-point game, that it's going to catch up to you. Yep. Lucky for them to get them out of the playoffs. Yeah, uh, and speaking of that, let's go ahead. Well, first we're going to look at our, our final game pick standing, so Slade will walk away with the championship this year uh, by four games. Uh, we were sweating it out, and then throughout the night, Nick and I just kind of, once it was established, Slade won. All of our picks just decided they didn't need to win then. Um, and then in the catch-out standings, no surprise there, uh, leading the entire season. Nick, you win that. Uh, I mean, I, I got close to 500, though, so I'll take it. Uh, not quite there, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um Let's go ahead and let's look at the college football playoff as we will see it played this year. Uh, Georgia, Ohio State in the Peach Bowl, uh, Michigan, TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. I think out of these, I think Michigan, TCU is going to be the best game. Uh, I think Ohio State, and I would love for them to prove me wrong, but I think Ohio State joins the list of teams to get their ass kicked by Georgia and Atlanta this year. Uh, that includes Oregon and now LSU. Uh, so we'll save a seat at the bar for Ohio State to join us. Um, but just real quick, guys, uh, Slade, we'll start with you this time. Uh, your, your thoughts on the playoff, uh, you know, I, I don't think there was really any debate from, uh, you know, what we thought it was going to be. There was some last-second 
pleading from Alabama that they should be in over TCU or even over Ohio State, um, which as soon as you start breaking out, oh, well, Vegas would favor us. I think you just lost your entire argument there. Um, but so you, you first, your thoughts on the playoffs uh, and and just your, your feeling, general feeling about the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, uh, the biggest thing is when are we going to stop prioritizing Georgia and Alabama when it comes to giving them just random home games like 70% of the season? I mean, this is the second time they'll play in this same exact dome this season. Third. Third. And championship game. Like, it's just it's just crazy to me. Is it their third? Yeah. Yeah, they played but uh, Oregon and LSU. Uh, I, I, yeah, so it, it's easy to me. Um, I think that, I mean, we've all noticed it with Alabama over the years and that they've, they've gotten a little favored, favoritism or twice pushed into the playoffs because how you can have a playoff without Alabama, you need the viewership. But uh, mm-hmm. now we're just seeing it with, I mean, I, I really think they should have flipped the bowls, but anyway, um, made sense because George is not playing the bowl right next to them. And people would have complained about that. I, yeah, I, I, mean, agree. I, I, I think Michigan TCU is going to be the uh, more electable team. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I definitely agree with your All thoughts right. that it, it shouldn't necessarily be, I understand you. The, the number one seed gets the preference of, of where they would like to play and so on. But yeah, I, I agree. You shouldn't be allowed to basically play in your backyard. Um, and it, it sucks that you know it's just the fact that the Peach Bowl is or Atlanta's less than an hour away from Georgia, and, and I get that. But yeah, I, I definitely think it should have been that they had to go to the Fiesta Bowl this year. Um, but the committee is going to committee. Uh, Nick, your, your thoughts on the playoffs? Yeah, so first thing I want to spit out is I can't wait for Ohio State to lose. Um, I They got pushed into the playoffs by USC losing, and their fans went nuts like they deserve to be in there. Um, I think they're a good team, don't get me wrong. Obviously, I don't have a whole lot of room to talk. They beat Penn State. Um, but nonetheless, I, I just uh, there's one in particular uh, that I'm pretty sure you both know that I, just, I can't wait to not see him on Facebook when they lose. Um, but yeah, the Michigan TCU game definitely has me intrigued. Um, to me, it all depends on what Michigan defense shows up or for that matter, what Michigan offense shows up. Um, we've seen both sides of the ball, you know, kind of have their, their down times, uh, with that, within the season, uh, luckily for them, never throughout a whole game. Um, they managed to, you know, there was a couple games that were closer than they, than they would have liked, uh, but they managed to win them get out of there uh tcu we've said it multiple times um and it came back to bite them last week they cannot start out slow um the, at the very least in the first half they have to be matching michigan if not it's over because by the time their defense gets worn down uh, michigan is just going to run all over them uh but it's definitely an intriguing set of playoff games i, I think that the right four are in here uh just to kind of touch on the whole nick saban thing look you are respected as one of, if not the greatest college football coach of all time, depending on who you ask. And you're literally out there begging for the committee to put you in a playoff that you've been in more times than any other team. I just a guess, but I'm pretty sure that's probably accurate. Um, it, it just it's pitiful. Uh, that this is only is their second time missing it. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, it just, I don't know. I lost a lot of respect for Nick Saban uh, after hearing that. 
uh, especially you know just oh, Vegas. I, Who cares about Vegas? Vegas. Doesn't I don't. I don't have a problem with him arguing to put them in because listen, you, you at the end of the day, you have a responsibility to your players and to you know your fans, whatever, to argue like, hey, you know, we if you're gonna put a uh, you know another team in that's not a conference champion. Like, look, look at our resume. And like Slate said, Slate made very good points about, you know, we should still consider them because their two losses are on last second plays, you know, on tough road environments. Um, and I, I, like I said, I don't have a problem with him going out there and saying, hey, we we deserve to be in there. Because, again, you owe that to your, your, your players and so on. You're going to get so many more players that, to quit on you so fast if you're not out there arguing. If you're going to sit back and be like, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. And, and you're not going to. I, so I don't I don't hate him for going out and saying, "Hey, we need to be in here." Uh, again, my, my my thing is, why why did he need to bring Vegas into that argument? Is my biggest yeah. thing. There there was no need to do that, and that's just where I kind of got upset with it. Where like, I again I understand he was trying to make an argument, but the second he's like, "Well, let's look at Vegas. Vegas would favor us if we played these other teams." No, you can't do that. Like that. That's where so, I drew the line. That's what made me upset about the it. big thing for me about like it was. It. It, if it was any other coach in the country, I probably would have been okay with it. I'd have been like, yeah, he's doing the right thing. But this is the same man who last season went, what, 11 and 1? Or no, that wouldn't make sense. It would have been. Yeah, he was 11 and 1. Was it? Yeah. Didn't he lose in the playoffs? I thought he lost the right. You know, they lost to Texas oh, they were 11 and 1 going into the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, whatever. And called it a rebuilding season. Most teams would kill to have an 11 and 1 season. And he called it a, a rebuilding season. Now he goes, you know, 10 and 2. And he's sitting there begging to be in the play. Like it just, I've said this multiple times. I think that Alabama and the Nick Saban era is slowly working its way downhill. Um, you know, teams are starting to spread out a little more. People are going to Georgia over Alabama a lot. And there's a lot of uh, prospects in Alabama going elsewhere. Um, uh, not saying that they're going to be a bad team. They're not going to be, you know, down. I almost said playing Colorado, but Colorado is about to be a really good team. Um, but they're, I, I just don't think they're going to continue that dynasty that they had or even anywhere close to it, um, especially with Georgia. I think LSU's on the right track. Um, so uh, we'll see how that goes. It just, it, I don't know. It just hit me the wrong way because it was Nick Saban. He's normally not an excuses guy. And it just, it, to me, it sounded like an excuse from him. Um, so uh, we maybe we should expect Alabama to come out and go 12-0 next year, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on, we're going to go ahead. We're going to look at bowl season briefly here. Uh, now, Saturday morning on Out of the Tunnel, we will be back for our final regular episode of this year. We're going to break down Army-Navy. We're also going to go through each individual bowl game and break those down for you guys uh, and make our picks for them as well. Um, don't forget, uh, we'll talk about it here in a second, to join our Capital One Bowl Mania group. We'll put the, the advert up here quick. But before we do that, I want to talk to you guys about uh, what game, what bowl games are you guys most excited for, least excited for, uh, you know, with, with bowl season getting ready to start just next week? Um, I mean, th like I said before, this is my favorite time of the year. I, I think I love bowl season more than most of the regular season. Um, but Slade, we'll start with you. What games are you most excited for or least excited for in bowl season? Uh, I, I think that I'm most excited to see the Orange Bowl. Um, I forget what bowl Texas is in, but that bowl, obviously. The Alamo and Bowl. And the the New York Six, I think, is yeah. I think the New York Six is is just always going to be the one that you get the most people that want to watch it. Um, it's going to be the one that's broadcasted everywhere. I mean, I, I think that that's what I'm most excited to see. Or six. Yeah. Um, real quick, I'll give mine. Uh, 
this is going to sound dumb. I'm excited to see the Cure Bowl. Uh, UTSA versus Troy. There's the two teams I, I was that are ranked, say, That yeah. was an honorable mention. Uh, these are two teams that are ranked now inside the top 25, uh, both conference champions. So I'm really excited to see that. Uh, I would have liked these two teams to play other teams, maybe Power 5 schools, to prove just how good uh, you know the, these group of five schools are. Uh, but here we're going to get to see them play each other. I think that's going to be a very, very good game. I'm excited to see that. Um, uh, other ones I'm excited for, I'm very excited for that Alamo Bowl, like I mentioned. I think Washington-Texas is a very good matchup. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a great game down in um, I was uh, the Alamo Dome. Um, and then I don't want to say the entire New Year's Six because I'm not super stoked about all of the New Year's Six games. Um but the Sugar Bowl and the uh, good or the uh, Cotton Bowl are the two I'm most excited for. I obviously think Penn State Utah is going to be a good game, but I know that's I'm going to let Nick talk about that. Uh, but uh, with the Cotton Bowl, you have Tulane getting the opportunity uh, to to go out and, and show how good they really are against a very good USC team. Still, now if Caleb Williams is able to play, that's going to make that matchup that much better. If he's not, still, I, I think it's it's a statement game for Tulane to go out there and have a chance against you know a, a, a premier program. Um, and then with the Sugar Bowl, you have Kansas State, who has resurrected their season. Uh, they just won the Big 12, and now they get to play uh, Alabama. You know, Alabama's backyard is, is Louisiana. Uh, that's going to be a heavy Alabama crowd. Uh, but I'm excited to see Kansas State play them. Uh, least excited for – Nick, I'll let you talk first, and I'll give you my least yeah. excited. All right. All right. So I'll stick with my most here. Um, so I, I'm excited to watch some Alamo Bowl, too, uh, as well as the Kansas State versus Alabama matchup. Um, but one, I think you can appreciate a little bit here, George, because you like teams that don't necessarily get all the press. Uh, I'm kind of excited to watch the Birmingham Bowl, Coastal Carolina versus East Carolina. Yeah, um, I, I think that it could be a good matchup. Uh, those are in-state rivals. Uh, well, you no, know. No. Yeah, they're different states, mean, but yeah. I didn't mean in-state. But I meant to say Carolina rivals, but yeah, yeah you got it. Um, but yeah, uh, and uh, obviously uh, the Rose Bowl. I'm excited to see Penn State back in the Rose Bowl. I, I'm not. I'm not a 10 out of 10 stoked about watching it because quite honestly, they don't deserve to be there. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get. I think that uh, us versus Utah is going to be a good matchup. Um, I would prefer to see Duraller play, but we're going to see Sean Clifford. Uh, thank God. He has absolutely no chance of playing another game for Penn state. Again. I love the kid. I, I love, you know, the way he's put his body on the line and, you know, he's really given it all to Penn state, but I will be happy to see him as his NIL deal agent, whatever the hell he does uh, with his business. Um, I said that I wasn't going to say my uh, least favorite that I was looking forward to. Oh, uh, the Liberty Bowl, Arkansas versus Kansas. I think that could be a good matchup, too. Um, I, I got to find it here because I forget. Oh, yeah, the probably the one I'm least excited to watch. And uh, not saying that it won't be a good game, uh, but I just it, when I see it, it doesn't sound that appealing would be the Pinstripe Bowl, uh, Minnesota versus Syracuse. These are two teams that kind of had, uh, I don't want to say had high hopes, but throughout the beginning of the season had built high hopes. They were looking like very good teams, and then both of them, due to injuries or, you know, one reason or another, just kind of fell apart. Um, so I think that this could either be a good game or a very lackluster game. Either way, I'm not excited to watch it. Yeah, uh, somehow Minnesota has opened that game as a touchdown favorite. Uh, for my least excited ones, I'm putting the cheese at bowl. You have a very good Florida State team playing a very bad Oklahoma team. Uh, I'm kind of curious as to how they arrived at that matchup. Uh, but here we are. Uh, and I'm actually going to contradict you here. I am least excited for both the Liberty and the Gasparilla Bowl uh, because the bowl committee robbed us of Kansas versus Missouri, a great rivalry game. Uh, instead, they split the two teams up. Now we have Kansas versus Arkansas. 
yeah, it's probably going to be a good game. I'm just frustrated with them for for doing that matchup. Uh, and also for giving Oregon UNC instead of Notre Dame, uh, the Gator Bowl can go suck at uh, you know what uh, because they they should have let uh, Notre Dame go to the the Holiday Bowl, uh, but you know it is what it is. Uh, people just don't want to see good matchups sometimes. Um, and the in the very last one, I am not necessarily not excited for, but I don't think it's going to be that great of a matchup. Uh, is Texas Tech versus Ole Miss? I, I just I think Ole Miss just doesn't care. Uh, I don't think they're they're that excited about this game, uh, and it's being played in Texas. So I, we've already seen pictures come out of Texas Tech. You know, the, the student section was wrapped around the building like six times just to get tickets for it. Uh, so I think it's going to be basically a road game for Ole Miss. And again, I just don't think they really care about the game. Uh, Slade, do you have any games you're not excited about? Yeah, I think the Wasop is the one that I'm least excited for because it's Louisville versus Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I was I was uh, looking through the bowl games and he just stopped just and I was away. like, huh? Um, yeah. Don't know if you guys can hear me anymore. So no, we, we got you. Uh, but yeah, and I will say this before we wrap up the show: uh, stop putting bowl games in, in baseball stadiums. If we're getting to the point, yeah. If we're getting to the point that we have to put football games and baseball stadiums, we're, we're getting too far. I understand Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium are historical sites, but stop. I, I don't want bowl games there. I think it's just dumb. Uh, play the pinstripe bowl across the street at you know um, at, at the Giants and Jets Stadium. Uh, play the, the Fenway Bowl at Gillette Stadium. I don't care. There's no reason to have these games at baseball parks. I think it's just stupid. It's terrible for viewing. I mean, it's bad enough when hockey teams do it. Uh, I hate when football teams do it as well. Um, but that will do it for our show for this week. Uh, we thank you guys very much for checking us out. As always, uh, don't forget to join us Saturday morning live. Uh, I did forget to go over this real quick, actually, so we'll talk about uh, the Capital One Bowl Mania contest real quick. Uh, so $75 grand prize this year. Uh, so make sure you guys go enter. Uh, here are the rules. You get one entry per person. You must be following us uh, on any of our social media platforms. That's Facebook. Twitter, uh, Instagram, or TikTok. Uh, our link tree is in our YouTube bio uh, or any of those bios if you need to go check us out. If you want to know where to find those Instagrams, uh, social medias, it's scrolling at the bottom of the page uh, all episode long. So make sure you go check that out. Make your handle uh, a social media uh, tag, whatever you want to call it, handle. Um, so that way we can notify the winner a little bit easier than we did last year. I think it took a month for the person to finally reach out to us. Um, it is a free entry though, and just have fun. Uh, we look forward to doing this contest for years to come. Uh, so make sure you guys go enter for your chance to win $75 and compete against all three of us. Uh, I think that'll do it. Have a great rest of your week. See you Saturday morning where we break down all 41 bowl games, 42, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, and get you ready for bowl season and the Army-Navy game as well. Have a great rest of your week, guys. See you guys.